You and I both know that the number on your pants doesn't mean shit. There isn't really a good explanation why, although it seems like there should be, and there isn't a clear answer how to fix it. The main answer I can think of is to change our mindset about our body size, but that, as you know, is a lifelong process. So what about right now? There is one thing I think might be able to help the next time you add something to your cart or step into a dressing room, and that's understanding just how fucking meaningless women's sizing is. I'm Sarah. I wear a size four through 10. This is Reclaiming and Girls to the Fucking Front. Oh my God, sizes right now is a game. You know, I started noticing even on the models on the same website that I like to buy, before they used to be small and now they're medium and they haven't changed. They have the exact same body. Um, it's a joke actually going to the mall. Um, sizes are all over the place at the point that I just give up. The dreaded dressing room, the part that turns shopping from fun to whore. All of a sudden, pants are too short but too tight, too long or too big or too small in so many ways. Nothing fits the right way. I can tell you right now that as someone who's five foot two, has really skinny ankles, wider hips, wider shoulders, and a smaller waist, they're beautiful proportions and I love myself, but there's no room for that in the mainstream fashion industry. And that's sad. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Reclaiming, the weekly podcast where we reclaim everything taken from us from the patriarchy one by one. My dog decided right now is the best time to eat his food. So if you hear clinking and clanging, that's him eating his kibble from his metal bowl. So um, yes, that's that's where that's where we're at today. <laughs> um, I'm Sarah. I uh, My pronouns are she, her, and I am so glad you're here this week. I'm so excited about how many people have reached out to me about this project with ideas and feedback and questions and answers. I can already tell that this community is going to be the most beautiful one in my life, and I'm so excited. But before we get to the topic this week, I just wanted to make sure once again that you're signed up for Reclaiming the Newsletter, which hits your inbox every Monday. Same with this podcast. It's a week ahead cheerleading note, as I call it. I put some writing in there, some interesting videos and links and articles, memes, a binding spell corner because I am a witch. And again, astrology for the week ahead, again, because I'm a witch (laughs) and more. Don't miss out. You can sign up on the website at reclaimeffingeverything.com. That's reclaimeffingeverything.com. And also make sure you download the first three issues of the front scene for free. Yep. That's right, for free. It's my uh, weekly zine that I make myself um, for the first nine weeks. Each issue is just like a topic of something that I had to reclaim when I started my process of recovery from patriarchal harm. Um, After these nine issues in nine weeks, uh, I will be doing a monthly zine. And with that particular new volume. I will have collaborators and artists and all kinds of people involved. So I'm really proud of it. I hope you like it. Um, Also, if you could head to Spotify or Apple, give this podcast a five-star rating and review. I would be so indebted to you, really. It helps me with the algorithm. And as I've mentioned here before, I think there are probably about a gazillion other podcasts named Reclaiming. So we want to make sure we bump this one all the way up. So thank you so much. Um, And now that the house has been kept, I wanted to talk about clothing sizes. As I mentioned before, these days, I wear everything 
everything from a size four to a size 10. And I've fluctuated drastically over the years as one's body can do. I've worn a size 18, uh, that was back in 2015, and I've worn a size zero, which was in 2018. Um, today in 2023, with ongoing check-ins with my relationship to food and exercise in the mirror, my body settles right about here, about a six in most items of clothing. Although you will hear that is pretty subjective because a six in Good American is way different than a six from Target or a six from Old Navy. And how well my clothes fit depend on a ton of factors like where I am in my menstrual cycle or how much water I've had that day or if I've exercised that day or if I've been living it up and happily indulging on all my favorite snacks like Impossible Nuggets. Oh my God, right now I cannot stop eating those. But anyway, when I try on clothes, I always take a six into the dressing room with me as well as an eight and a four. And this is because I have literally at least one item clothing of each size in between those two numbers. I also have clothes in my closet and in my dresser that are sized extra small through extra large. I tend to wear my clothing a little tighter um, to my boobs and my ass and I, it's because I've really grown to love my curves. Plus all my matron saints uh, do it like Elvira and Dolly and RuPaul. I've carefully and painfully uncovered this love for my curves and my body. And dressing my body this way is kind of like my drag, kind of like my superhero cape. It gives me confidence, like I said, and I've had to push through a ton of conditioning about my body and its worth over the years. And I'm finally in a place with it where I recognize that she and I are on the same side. I will say, though, thin privilege is very much a thing, and it is so much easier to push aside the patriarchy's bullshit about the perfect size now that I'm closer to it than I was in 2015. But it's not all sunshine with my body and plenty of bad days happen against my will. First of all, I'm not immune to feeling like shit when I go into the dressing room, try on my usual size of a six or whatever, and it's too small. This is internalized fat phobia, make no mistake, and it's what I've been conditioned to think and feel. That I was too big was one of the first messages that I got as a kid by society at large, and it's reinforced every single day. And every single day I work on and learning it, but still, it happens way more often than I'd like. I'm also not immune to the frustration of never having anything fit just right. I asked a bunch of people what the worst part about shopping is, and they all said the same thing, the size guesswork. It isn't just demoralizing, it's frustrating as fuck. And it's always changing. So not only are we more and more demoralized, we're more and more frustrated. When we're frustrated about nothing fitting right, guess what happens? Our mind is preoccupied by how we look and not about all the ways the patriarchy aims to keep us under its thumb. And the more economic and political power that we gain, the louder the patriarchy screams those messages in our heads. The messages are that the smaller the number, the better, right? You've, you've heard that, you've seen that left and right. And so boom, we're thinking about numbers, not about the fact that we're still paid less, that we're subjected to more sexual violence and harassment, that parental leave still sucks, daycare options are limited and expensive, inflation is sending our blood pressure through the roof as we shop for our family's groceries, things like poverty and food and housing insecurity hit women of color the hardest, Roe v. Wade has been overturned, birth control is threatened, and in general, our system is trying its hardest to maintain the status quo, which is to regress. As femmes, we're scrutinized much more than the cis male is, and if you have a marginalized identity that intersects with your gender, even more so. We are not just shamed for what we wear. For example, if it's something's too revealing or too slutty or too extra. Now we're in the very dangerous territory of sizing and the very fucked reality that our patriarchal system values and respects you less the higher that number gets. 
Of course, the system has no interest in stepping in to do anything about the anarchy that is the sizing system. In fact, it's almost impossible to do anything about it by design. So everyone stop what you're doing right now and let's take an oath together. We will not focus on the number of our tag. Let's say that again. We will not focus on the number on our tag. Okay, I know you're like, okay, calm down there, psycho. I can hear you thinking it. (laughs) That's a very tall order, I know. I'm with you, it is a really tall order. I don't know about you, but I tend to hyper-focus on numbers. My eating disorder centered around not going above a certain number of calories in a day. I weighed myself compulsively at least four times a day. I was determined to get down to a very unhealthy certain size, and I did. But, and also, part of my recovery has been not just to reframe my relationship with numbers, but also realize that clothing sizes mean absolutely nothing for those of us that wear women's clothing. I remember learning this in treatment, but it wasn't until recently when I read Heather Radke's book, Butts, a backstory, when the size thing just clicked. In her book, Heather says that, quote, trying on clothes often feels like trying to jam your body into a template of someone else's, end quote. And it does, right? That's because it's literally what you're doing. And here's why. Baby, you and me, we have very different bodies, one of a kind bodies, my loves. Even if you and I were the exact same size, the flesh on our bones sits differently. Even if we are the same exact height, weight, maybe even bust size, there are literally no two bodies that are exactly alike. Now, with that in mind, get this. Most clothes that have been made this last century are mass produced in a warehouse. There is literally a template or a pattern for each quote size. Because there is literally no standard for women's sizing, as I will explain, the company imagines what it thinks a size six or a size 14 or a size 22, whatever it might be. It imagines it. It, it. it basically says, this is what we think a six is. And a lot of things go into that imagining. For example, the style of clothing that they sell and their typical ideal customer. So when your legs don't fit into those specific proportions that a company imagined it would be, it's because it was never supposed to fit perfectly on your very specific body type. It's a piece that's produced en masse. It's supposed to be close enough in the brand size, which is a very specific set of eyes. Fuck, I wish I'd known that before. I mean, it totally makes sense, but I guess it wasn't until Heather's book that I was really able to see it all fit together like a puzzle. Even if knowing this fact doesn't mute the loud voices telling me that the higher my pant size got, the more unworthy I became, this realization might have at least existed parallel to those patriarchal voices, and I could have at least had the option to believe it. The ready-to-wear industry, which is today's modern fashion industry for at least, you know, the 99% of us, is still pretty new. It dates back to basically the 80s. Theoretically, Ready to wear means you can buy your clothing in a store and wear it without altering it. And maybe this is the first misstep. Maybe we should just call it straight off the rack clothes because that's exactly what it is. It's designed to just take it off the rack, put it on, boom, you're ready to go. So it's been this way since the 80s. But let's go back a little bit more. Until the 1800s, clothing was pretty much all made by hand. Unless you were wealthy and you could have someone make something specifically for you, your options for the most part were loose and flowing because those fit anyone. Think tunics and whatnot. After the first industrial revolution in the late 1700s, there were more advanced textile manufacturing and weaving technology. And these companies were also able to hire 
a fuck ton of laborers to do the work, of course, paid with, you know, terrible wages and terrible conditions, all that. All of this added up to a much higher volume of clothing and therefore higher profits. And with more clothing out there floating around, companies needed to figure out how to pattern it for the various human body types. So standard sizes were first developed by the military when they needed to mass produce uniforms and lucky for them, they conveniently had measurements for their servicemen. So this was pretty easy. Also, biologically speaking, cis men have a much easier body type to predict. You could get a really good idea of a cis man's proportions if you just measure his chest. So the military created a set of standard sizes from that one measurement. So yay, men's measurement system worked, right? Well, so the when the war was over and men started to need suits, the system worked well enough. And as I mentioned, men's bodies are less fleshy than women's and their distribution of that flesh is so much more uniform. Cis men also don't have the boobs, the butts and the pregnancies to throw into the mix, which makes women even more unpredictable in size. So this worked for men, right? When they tried to make the system for women, any temps were pretty much half-assed because it's impossible. At the turn of the 20th century, women could get clothes that were mostly finished, like three quarters of the way done, and then they could alter it to fit their bodies using their sewing machines at home to finish it. You know, if you had a sewing machine or, you know, had time to do that or had someone to do it for you. But obviously, in that rapidly industrializing world with a wealth gap widening, mass production became the golden ticket. And in the 20th century, companies started manufacturing clothing that was finished for women and used men's strategy to size it using the bust. <laughs> I can just feel all the the people that were born as women just rolling their eyes at this point because using the bust to measure for women, no. In the 1930s, the U.S. Department of Agriculture commissioned a study and recruited, quote unquote, measurement squads. These were groups of people that went into American households, uh, usually in the suburbs, to record measurements. Again, it didn't work. The statisticians actually threw out the measurements of women of color and only recorded white women. They also didn't take into account disabled folks, queer folks, people who may have been malnourished or due to poverty, whatever. In 1958, then, the government came up with a system kind of like the one we use today, which uses the size based on the bust and then assumed an hourglass proportion. At first, the system was mandatory. Then the USDA realized it wasn't working and softened it to voluntary in 1970. And then it was completely abandoned in the 80s. And since then, my babies, it's been anything goes. Consumerist anarchy, if you will. This is the legacy of women's clothing size that we inherit today. This is the system that paved the way for the chaos in your dressing room. And so let's talk about sizing today, the system that resulted from that mess. Because there's no standardization, each brand determines its own metrics and its own sizing system, which is based on, and this is important, my love, its own ideal customer. Think about it. Each brand markets itself to a very specific kind of customer and its sizing reflects that. So a six in one brand is a 10 in another based on who usually wears their clothing. And that changes with culture, income status, geographic location, etc. One thing I also learned is that because more fabric is needed for the bigger sizes, the fabric is distributed differently from the initial pattern of their ideal shopper. So this means as clothing sizes get bigger from the, the brand's quote ideal, it's less likely they'll even fit just right on a real human body. Something new has also emerged in women's clothing during the past two decades, and that's called vanity sizing. Vanity sizing is when a company takes a specific measurement that used to be, say, size 12, and reassigns it to something like a size 10, maybe an eight. They do this to encourage sales 
because it makes you feel better about yourself. Now, I don't have the time to list all the fucked up things about this business practice, but you can infer what I'll probably say. This has been getting so much worse with time and the numbers have gotten majorly inflated over the years, which means if you're usually around a 12 today, you wouldn't be able to fit into a 12 of a garment that was made 30 years ago. Nowhere is this more a thing than if you shop at thrift stores. This is why there's a size double zero, my loves. Do you think they needed a size double zero in 1920? Probably not. That double zero used to be like a four or six or whatever. Clothing brands are making these numbers up, pulling them straight out of their asses to sell you a product and they are profiting off of your insecurity. The problem is though, is that there really isn't an easy way to standardize sizing for women's clothing. Bodies are bigger now than they were 70 years ago. We also have cosmetic surgery and although it's not a huge portion of the population, it's enough to throw another wrench in the machine. It would be really hard, maybe even impossible to come up with a single sizing system for women's clothing. I don't have the answer to this problem. Maybe some brilliant femme AI engineer is working on it as we speak. Who knows? If you know someone, shout me out. I would love to talk to someone about this. But what I do know is that being armed with this knowledge has helped me feel better in the dressing room. None of the clothes on those racks are tailor made for me. So of course they're not going to fit right off the rack. They were literally never supposed to. So before I wrap up, I wanted to share a couple of final thoughts. First, your clothes and their sizes don't have anything to do with your body's worth. Sizes are simply a series of questions and easy solutions related to a clothing brand's bottom line, not the correctness of your body. Baby, remember, fashion is a volume business. The fashion industry exists today to make us feel like the best versions of ourselves. And even if sizing is literally impossible, the brands have financial motivations to flatter you. None of this matters at all. None of these numbers matter at all. What does matter though, is the conditioning around our need to fit a certain ideal, our shame in the numbers, our plummeting self-worth when those numbers go up because our bodies change and evolve with time, aging every day, needing to adapt and keep us safe under ever-changing circumstances. My loves, our bodies are rebels and they protect us. They're rebels against a shit ton of things, infections, bacteria, diseases, foreign objects, extreme temperatures, numbers, sizes, capitalism, patriarchy, beauty myth, diet myth, perfect body myth, so many things our body is rebelling against. Your body's on your side. All of the time, remember that you and your body are on the same side. The patriarchy and the fashion industry to a degree doesn't want you to believe that. So tell them to fuck off by focusing your awareness here rather than spending precious energy freaked out about the number that was never designed to be helpful. My loyalty to a brand is usually how something fits. And like I said, I tend to like things a little bit tighter. You may like it loser and that's great. If something fits, I'm comfortable. If I'm comfortable, I'm confident. If I'm confident, I'm courageous. And if I'm all these things together, I'm able to use my brain's extra bandwidth on other things like shouting into my microphone right now about how the patriarchy is putting all this bullshit about our bodies into our heads to begin with. And they don't want that, do they? That's it for this week, my loves. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so lucky and grateful to have you. Again, if you have a moment, please rate this podcast five stars. Give it a review if you can. It really helps me with the algorithm. Share it with your friends. Maybe you've had a chat recently with one of your friends about how your clothing fits or doesn't fit. You know, maybe share this with them. Go download this week's issue of The Front Zine and sign up for the weekly newsletter at reclaimeffingeverything.com. That's reclaimeffingeverything.com. Once again, please feel free to send me any messages, any questions or concerns or thoughts, rants, celebrations, honey bear, I'm here for you. 
we're in this together. Next time you're in the dressing room and feel like shit, remind yourself that the numbers mean nothing. Really, really, it truly doesn't mean a, a, a thing. It really doesn't mean a thing. And then remind yourself that once you're not focused on that number, you have the brain space to focus on what really matters, your relationship with your body, the most precious home of all. Thanks for joining me again this week, my loves. And until next week, girl fucking power. Power.